Hello, hey, and welcome to Ask the Color Expert. My name is Elaine Travis. I am a career hair colorist, independent educator, and author of the book, A Colorful Journey. I'm here every week sharing tips, tricks, and stories that are all things hair color. Thanks for joining me, and let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Today's special guest is James Alba. He is the co-owner of the Beehive Salon in New Jersey and the co-founder of the Movement of Sustainable Salons. He and I met when he became part of the Beauty Business Reset, which if you're listening to this and you are a hairstylist, you probably have listened to one of the many, many broadcasts that they did during COVID. It kept us all motivated and going. It was wonderful. The group has 10,000 members on the Facebook page. Um, James, you can tell me how many times you guys went live. I know you ended up being nominated for a NAHA for being the most the most broadcast in, in uh, a short period of time. So welcome to the podcast. It's so great to have you. Oh, uh, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And you know, listen, I apologize. I know we had talked about doing this so long ago and with the closure opening, a lot of uh, a lot of sticking and moving, um, we finally got around to it, but, but it's a pleasure. And matter of fact, last night was our 97th episode of Beauty wow. Business Reset. So uh, 97, we're getting close to 100. We have to figure out what to do next, but um, it's it was really been nice to have um, you know ten thousand salon owners that really needed some help and advice. And for any of you that are listening, that are part of other salon groups that are on Facebook, ours is a very nice group. There's not as much controversy, a lot of helpful hands, um, lots of great camaraderie, and that's really what this business should be all about. Absolutely, and it was so helpful to me navigating. I'm not a numbers person. I hate forms. I hate fill out this form and send this in and get approved and all the bureaucracy involved. And I know Nikki was so helpful with the PPP, PPE, all these initials and all of these things. And she was so patient with going through every single detail where I was like, oh God, thank God for people like her, because if it were up to me, I would just ignore the whole thing and be completely broke. I wouldn't have even filled filled anything out. Um, so you guys were amazing. You had so many great guests. You had the Wilsons. You had Oscar. Oh, such such a heartbreaking news to find that Oscar had passed. He was he was so fun on every single episode. You know, always chiming in and with his hearty laugh and. And lots of motivation. Um, yeah, we're going to do our, our 100th episode. We're going to do an Oscars honor. Uh, awesome. We have a couple of fun things planned using his bricks and things like that. Just something that he would appreciate. Um, you know, he, he was so, he was so much fun. And uh, you listen, all the people that we've had on had been great guests. And everybody, um, I mean, Oscars passing was, you know, we were messaging everybody back and forth. Like, and at first I didn't even believe that. It just didn't make any sense, right? You were like, yeah. wait, wait, what? Um, and we were about three hours to go live with our Vidal Sassoon tribute. So we had yeah. Eden and Alan, and we had Philip and Stephen Moody, and two of the most famous uh, hairdressers, uh, Maurice Tidy and Fernando Romero. So they're, um, they've been around the block, we'll say, and they're not so Zoom efficient. So here I'm trying to get them Zoom ready within three hours, dealing with all of the questions and things that we wanted to do. And then I get a text message about Oscar, and I just, 
it was a it was definitely a boomerang because you didn't expect it. But um, but we, we plan to honor him really well. He he was such a bright light for the industry, and um, you know we hope to have uh, have a little bit of fun to something that he would appreciate. I love that. So you having a wife who is a hairstylist, you're living the life that my husband is living. Um, you got into our business, whether it be kicking or screaming or organically, like for us, it just kind of happened because as I said, I'm not a numbers person. I'm not a form filling person. Anything I get, I forward to my husband and he miraculously gets everything done. So when you were growing up, what was your dream? I know Oscar had the dream of professional baseball and I know his whole story with that. So what, what is your story of what you thought life was going to be look like, be, be looking like versus what it is now? Well, it's so funny because I guess the story had been told before, but um, you know, with my COVID fame of doing all these episodes of the show, I feel like there's been so many people that every time I turn around, I'm like, you don't know the story? Oh my God. Um, I, I was always a serial entrepreneur. So I was the one that you called, um, you know, it's funny for, if you need to start an LLC, I know how to do that. If you need to know how to do your QuickBooks, I knew how to do that from having other businesses. And I really came out of the technology space, but I ran a restaurant for 20 years. So I was working seven days a week before anybody, before it was fashionable mm -hmm. to do that. And, um, you know, basically ran both sides. So I tried to support what I wanted to do in regards to, you know, having an actual functioning business with was never afraid to work. Um, good thing they didn't have Uber and things back then because I probably would have had a third job um, to make sure that I could support the company. And, and really it wasn't a matter of having money, it was more a matter of being able to support what I wanted to do as far as a business. Um, you know, fast forward, you had 9-11 happen, you know, people that were in the technology space, especially people supplying contractors um, suffered greatly. And, uh, my, my joke of it is my father worked for General Motors a million years ago, so I survived the auto crisis, I've survived 9-11, I've survived the housing crisis, so uh, I should have been in the crisis intervention business, I guess, but <laughs> uh, but the, the hair side of it is really interesting. So um, we have three kids. Uh, my wife worked for a really high-end salon and, um, you know, listen, a lot of women work in the salon industry, so I'm sure a lot of you can appreciate the fact that when you have a bunch of kids and you... Um, you're not demanding flexibility. It's completely necessary to be able to support your family. Um, a lot of salon owners aren't as family friendly or, or specifically mom friendly. So there was a time where she took a step out of the industry because we did have the three small ones um, and she wasn't doing hair at all, which is her passion. She's wanted to do that forever and she loves that. So we had this hybrid space in between. So I went and go to go back to work for someone else. So I said, you know, you need a, a steady nine to five type job when you're a dad with three kids. And I said, okay, I'm gonna get back into, you know, being employed by somebody else, health benefits, all the things that, you know, usually come with a regular corporate type job. And it was just a struggle. I was so used to having, um, uh, being able to work. And, and I say it differently than most people are. If I say, hey, I wanna work my own hours. I was the one that worked 80 hours a week because if I couldn't figure it out, I wanted to overwork, not underwork. And, um, and it was just a real struggle. And um, what was interesting is um, I'm not a big believer in psychics and tarot cards and stuff. I think they're fun, just not my thing. Like, uh, sorry to anybody that really likes that stuff. I can appreciate it, I guess, but just not really something I would, you know, hedge my bets on uh, a tarot card reading. Um, but my father-in-law is. And as a matter of fact, it's funny, we, he's a, he reads cups, espresso cups. 
So oh, cool. I feel like every time we have a, a holiday party for our salon or an outing and we're at a restaurant and we make it to dessert, you have the waiter come over and doesn't believe it and he reads his cup and it's like, your mom did this or something. And the waiter, we've, he's made waiters cry at every holiday party we've had for our salon for okay, nine years. I love years. your father-in-law. I need to meet him. Oh, it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> So sort of as a joke, he had, uh, he had met someone that did psychic readings, um, guy from Florida, somebody at his job had recommended, and he had a lot of fun with it. So as a joke, he had gotten my brother-in-law and I um, a gift certificate for the holidays. You know, when, when you have son-in-laws, I'm sure it's really hard during the holidays to find a gift that is something appropriate or something that they want. So it was more of a gag gift. And I always said, I'm just, I'm never going to use it. I don't know why he gave it to me. And... I was struggling at work trying to find my niche and trying to find my groove and I show up early, right? You know, I, I say on time, but on time means early in my world. Um, I was the guy that would pitch in for anything and help with projects and, you know, knew enough uh, IT work to be dangerous and would show up on a Saturday if we had to move a server or something and just couldn't get my niche. Um, took meetings, I mean, so many things that were just not, um, just not in alignment. And you couldn't work any harder at that point. Like, I'm like, I'm working as hard as I can and just nothing was How sticking. How old are you at this time? Um, this now, so the salon will be 10 years next year. So this is about 10 years ago. And I decided to leave at lunch and I worked with a bunch of guys. We were all really good friends and we'd go to lunch together and we'd do stuff. So if you had anything going on, it's sort of, it's what's funny because it's reminiscent of a hair salon. It's like somebody does something and everybody knows because it's such a tight knit crew. So I said, oh, you know, I'm gonna go home for lunch. We all lived local and they sort of gave you a look like why, you know, I, I made something up and I drove around the block and I had my appointment scheduled with Hector from Miami. And um, I, we had the call. And what's funny is he said, you know, what do you want to talk about? And I said, seriously, I only want to talk about work. I'm, you know, grasping at straws at this point. I don't care about, the future of anything, all it has to be work focused. And we had a nice little chat to start off and he happened to come out of the IT space. So we had a little bit of a beginning of joking around about the IT world and things like that. And um, he starts to go through things and he says, you know, uh, he, goes, he goes, can I ask you a weird question? I said, sure. He goes, are you losing your hair? And my joke is I will plant AstroTurf on my head before I go bald. <laughs> I don't care. Listen, bald is beautiful, I know, but not to me, on my side. I will wear a wig. I don't care what it is. Bad toupee is better than no toupee in my space. Um, so we had a joke about it. I said, I said, no, I said, maybe you're seeing my wife because she's been in the hair business at that point, almost 20 years. And he goes, no, no, this is specifically you. And I'm seeing you with hair. And usually for me, that means you're losing your hair. And I said, well, maybe it's stress. He goes, no, no, no. My vision, what I'm seeing is not the stress of work. It's physically you touching hair, something with the hair business. So we had a laugh about it. And I really... I shrugged it off and said, he's, you know, listen, as a non-believer, I said, that's nothing. And then I came home and, and I talked to Angela, my wife, and she says, you know, I think we should open a salon. You know, we were doing a lot of things sustainable in our house. She was making homemade baby food for our kids. And, um, you know, we were pretty much an organic household at that point. And there was a spot in the industry that really didn't do anything in that space for people that were eco-conscious or ingredient conscious or allergies and things. Um, and so she had the idea. And so I said, great, you know, let's, let's work on it and, and figure out some things that we can do. And we started to plan it. And I went back and I'm the filing expert in our house. So 10 years of tax returns, whatever, mm. kids vaccination records, whatever it is, I'm the guy that you call for that stuff. So I go in and I had any of her certificates and um, she's licensed in New York and New Jersey. So past licenses and things in this folder. 
and there was a file of when she graduated beauty school of what she would name her salon if she ever opened the salon oh, so wow. i'm sure a lot of the traditional names shampoo and things that are very focused industry wise and she had the name the beehive on it so what's funny is she has an affinity to the 60s she loved that time period and um you know that was a 60s hairstyle very retro so i looked at that and i said to her you know I kind of like the spin on that because bees in the environment and the retro hairstyle so you kind of pay homage to the to the planet and to hair and she wasn't sold on it so I, i'm the type as a serial entrepreneur when i say this is this is why and I'll, I'll keep selling it over and over again because i saw the value in it and we were at a point where um my littlest one was a baby baby um my middle at that point so my my oldest two were 18 months apart so my son at that point is in a peewee soccer league or something like that. So somebody, you know, the parental monitor had to be there. Um, my middle was sleeping in a diaper at that point. It was a day like today. I don't know if anybody that's on the East Coast, it's like 90 degrees for all these days over this past week. So it's, it's crazy as I'm sweating with my Zoom lighting on. Um, <laughs> so I have my middle. She's got the baby in the car. And we are probably maybe 50 yards from each other. So she's in the parking lot in the car with the baby. I have the middle one hanging on me sleeping and my son is being monitored by me and we're on the phone with each other, which is hilarious, right? So 50 <laughs> yards away on the phone. And it came down to the point where we had to figure out because of tax paperwork, LLC, you know, that kind of stuff. We had to pick the name. Like it was like the space was being fitted. We were ready to go. We just didn't decide what was going to be on the marquee. And while that happens, I said, listen, you know, I'm frustrated. I'm like, you, it's your space. You decide, you pick the name. We had it narrowed down to a few names and how we could pitch them. And I get this shooting pain in my arm while I'm on the phone with her. And it turns out I get stung by a bee underneath the baby's diaper while she's sleeping, sweaty in a oh, diaper on me in the parking lot. So I, I sat on the phone. I said, you know what? The universe has decided. And that was it. And it was born. And you're me. still not a believer after all that. And I'm surprised because I see that you are a fellow Taurian. And as a Taurus, my son and I both are very not not crazy where it's you know if the horoscope says don't leave the house today we don't we don't buckle down and not leave the house but if there is a, a theme going on in there and it says like right now my monthly horoscope for june says don't buy any new electronic appliances i need a new refrigerator so my husband's looking he's online looking and he's like god there's really nothing that i'm really liking like i'm not really seeing anything i said good because my horoscope says don't buy one this month so let's wait and he just looks at me like you're nuts. But I'm like, what's the difference? We've waited since November. What's another month? If it says don't buy electronics, maybe we're going to buy one that we hate. You just never know. So I don't live and breathe it, but I love it. I love, you know, I would love to meet your father-in-law and have my espresso. How does oh, he read yeah. espresso? Because there's no, there's no like stuff well, at the bottom of the cup. So it's sort of like tea leaves. You turn the cup upside down and whatever, whatever residual dries, it dries in a certain way and does it. But what's funny is we've been places. So the worse the porcelain cup is so like diner grade porcelain cups not the fancy ones tend to give you a better reading um the darker the espresso so not the fake stuff you know like the good version uh italian restaurant style not necessarily no offense to starbucks but like the right. real deal right. real so, italian espresso. you know we've been places and had you know we've been out to dinner and had weird cups and my wife's taken pictures of it and texted it to him um and what's funny is i, I won't say the hairstylist name but a very famous hairstylist that's a friend of mine had a cup and had turned it over. Uh, he was out in the UK 
and the cup was like a disaster. I mean, it was like so many things going on. So he posted a picture on Facebook. So jokingly, I sent it to my father-in-law and said, hey, take a look at this and let me know what you think. And the stuff that he told me, I was like, I feel really bad. Like, should I call him? You and never tell want him? to rely on it. <laughs> oh, it was like, yeah, it was like the you know messenger of bad news at that point. I just, so it's pretty interesting, but um, but but it's fun. Listen, anything like that. We've had psychic. We've had psychics in the salon. I know that that can be an event that you do. Um, I jokingly say to my friend Vanessa Rose, who some of you guys may know, Vanessa loves her crystals and all this stuff. And um, you know, I'm friendly with Doctor Lou, who wrote the book, The Psychosmetologist. So Love I, Dr. Lou. he was actually yeah, on the podcast recently. He's awesome. He's, he's great. And so I registered a website as a gift. Vanessa had done something for me during COVID as a favor. And I registered the cosmetologist for her as a website. So oh, she says, I'll do that. it. She goes, but you and I have to do it together because you could be the non-believer and I can be the believer. So we had a good, a good laugh about it. I love that the cosmic talent. I need to meet her. She needs to be on the podcast. Yeah. And, and hey, listen, anybody that's any salon owners that are on that are looking for um, like good events to do. Um, my very good friend of mine, Matthew Fairfax, who runs Justice and Soul, which mm -hmm. deals with people in the trafficking trade out in Cambodia. Um, we had done an event for him in New York City as a fundraiser and we called it Wine and Spirits. And I didn't create it. It was it was borrowed from a psychic that deals in Cape May, New Jersey, that does the old haunted house tours and things like that, that doesn't do it anymore. So we brought in local eco wines to serve as the cocktail part. And we brought a psychic in um, to do like a group reading, like you see on, you know, Long Island medium type of thing. Um, and it wound up being a great fundraiser and people were so, so into it. And I said, man, what an easy turnkey idea to do something really fun in your salon. If you, whether it's a charity you want to support or, or an event that you're trying to do to be able to do something like that. It gives you an excuse to drink wine. Um, but the group reading with the psychic was like crazy. And even that, so talking about me being a non-believer, um, my grandfather had passed probably a few years ago at that point. Um, it, it wasn't very recent, but it wasn't very old. And so there's a room, of, I don't know, 100 people that are out, lights are all off, and we had a band, and we did it really good. We did it at Ion Studio, which unfortunately closed um, during COVID. And um, so she's up there, and, and the joke of her, her was she's the top, she's the 10th um, most famous psychic in the world. She's been on Oprah, uh, but she's the second most famous medium from Long Island, right? So everybody knows uh, Teresa, the one that's on the TV show, but- Wait, is it Teresa Roba? No, she, she, um, she, Teresa was, is the other Long Island medium. She's the second one. So it's pretty funny. Um, so she taught, she's talking about my grandfather. So now I'm in the back and we basically modified their back bar where they did the shampoo station. So we use the bowls to store the cold wine with ice and things like that. So the lights are off and I'm in the back and my whole staff is there. And, uh, I have a staff of believers, so they're all completely entranced by her. And she starts to mention, she goes, you know, somebody, Sam keeps coming through. He's joking around, all this stuff. And my wife looks at me, she goes, you know, that's your grandfather. And I'm like, do not even open your mouth. I don't want her talking to me. <laughs> so it was pretty funny, but we had a good time with it. But it, listen, I love great events like that. I love charity stuff. Um, you know, apparently psychics and psychic readings like to follow me around. But, uh, well, but it seems fun. like the, the people who do those type of readings do like to um, bring to, it's almost like they can spot the non-believer in the room. Cause I have a friend who's like that. And we were at a retreat 
in the Pennsylvania Poconos and my friend was super quiet and she kept saying, your dad's here. He wants to, he wants to give you a message. And she's like, no, thank you. <laughs> she totally, she totally shut it down. I was like, your dad wants to give you a message. Don't you want? And she's like, no, mm -mm, no, don't want to. And I was like, oh my God. So people really do have a hard line of, they don't even want to dabble if they're not into it. I just yeah. take it as, you know, it's fun. It's, it's entertaining. And, and if you get something comforting from it, like one told me that my godmother leaves me dimes everywhere when she wants me to know she's there. And I have found dimes in the most crazy places that there's no other explanation for. So I can't help but think that there's something to it, but I don't, you know. Well, I, I don't know if anybody that's listening to this thought that we were going to talk about psychics. Um, it's actually all, all the topics that Elaine and I could talk about. We're talking about psychics, but I'm going to give you one more. Another charity friend of mine, uh, Mondays at Racine. So if you guys aren't familiar, there's a documentary on HBO. Um, Racine is a salon that's out in Long Island. It's a bunch of sisters that their mom had passed from breast cancer. And they open one Monday a month to do free services for people that are undergoing chemo. And they've oh, really man. turned it into something great. Um, there are, I think at this point, there are 15 salons that are charter salons. We're one of them in New Jersey. We're the only New Jersey one. We sort of help them expand out of New York. Um, and they do what they call the Long Island Beauty Ball. So they do a really big fundraiser. It's sort of a combination of everything at this super cool country club. And the food is great. And, um, you know, they bring some of the heartfelt stories of people that have gone through their program. And, and it's just a lot of love and a lot of fun. And they had a psychic there and you could sign up and it was part of the donation. And, you know, I'm, listen, I'm a practical joker to a degree, right? I like to, I'm a little bit sarcastic. Um, so I see the psychic, I'm waiting. My wife is bidding on a purse. They had like a big purse thing. And I'm just sort of standing there joking around and talking to this woman. And it turns out we have the same last name, right? No relation whatsoever. We're just chatting. I see her business cards there and she comes over and she's like, yeah, you don't believe in psychics, right? But how often are you going to walk into an event and just chit chat with a psychic and you guys happen to have the same last name, which is that pretty is fun. crazy. So, but I all love the, the bee story too. What are the odds of the bee? So, so your wife went for it right away after the bee sting? She did. She did. And what's <laughs> funny is in the years, so nine years of being open, um, we, our joke was we were probably the only hair salon that could have a booth at a farmer's market and nobody would think it would be weird for the hair salon to be there. Um, because of what we do with, um, you know, CSA, so community supported agriculture, uh, we do are really good friends with a few of our big farmers markets that are around town because of that attachment to local attachment to farmers attachment to good food and, and good food sources. Um, so there's just so many there's there's so many factors of, um, you know, f f better planet stuff you could do supporting the bees and things but my joke of it is i know i mean i probably know a dozen beekeepers right like at this point um i feel like for every very normal beekeeper i know which there are a few it's almost like when your mom told you not to stand too close to the microwave whatever those bees do i feel like it scrambles your eggs a little bit in your brain because some of them are super super weird <laughs> You're, you guys were way ahead of your time. The whole organic, sustainable. If I hear one more person in a forum asking, you know, what kind of organic hair color can I use? There is no such thing as organic hair color. You know, when you have a chemical that's lifting hair and depositing on gray, it cannot be organic. It can be a healthier version, but organic is a strong statement. So there's a lot of um, BS involved around all of that, but you know, 
understanding in in other ways, you know, dairy and fruit and vegetables and and whole foods and all that stuff is such a buzz right now. You guys were doing it 10 years ago. Yeah, That's and what's amazing. interesting is too is I mean, you can have organic ingredients in a product or in a hair color, but you're always going to have to have those base chemistry ingredients that make it do what it's supposed to do. So um, you know, you can get hair color that's 95% naturally derived. It's just that when you look at percentages, it's going to need pigments and stabilizers to make it a permanent color. So you're not going to eat the hair color. You're not going to put it on your ice cream. There's nothing exactly. you're going to do with it. Um, I mean, ammonia free has been a big thing for us um, because we are about hair health overall. That's sort of one of our mantras. Uh, we're able to get great results without the use of ammonia. I know some stylists and, you know, listen, I don't want to say older in any age side, but um, the old school way was that you're not going to get that penetration or that coverage without ammonia. Um, then you get the arguments of MEA versus ammonia. I was just going to say it is tricky because it is an ammonia substitute. It's kind of like when the, the Brazilian, you know, hair treatments came out and they said formaldehyde free. And then in the small print, it's like, well, when this is mixed with this, it becomes formaldehyde. So a lot of it is marketing, but in the salon world, especially with how much foil we go through. And when you hear how long foil doesn't break down and is in these, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I know just our salon, how much foil we use in a year. And we're one salon. And there's so many salons doing that same thing day in and day out. I'm, I'm wondering if we're ever going to have you know, a, a much more sustainable thing to replace foil. I know people have tried to do cotton pads and um, other like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, it's bio like lights is one, yeah, paper, yeah, not yeah. foil, there's paper, options. Yeah. Um, you know, listen, it's, it's a matter of being conscious about it. And I feel like that's what, you know, in an industry that went on set it and forget it for so long, you know, that, um, and listen, the pandemic, if it taught us anything as an industry, was that continuing education is sustainable for your salon. Being proactive in your billing and booking and accounting makes your salon more sustainable. It's not the cash register. You don't have a money printing machine in the salon. It doesn't matter what types of color or what types of foil, if you're ammonia free, it's not just the eco-conscious aspects. It's just paying attention to your business. Um, I think we're probably the only, I don't know, we're probably the only salon that actually wants to have all these certifications and sustainability, but uh, we're certified gold with Green America. We're certified platinum with the Green Business Bureau. Uh, we just got a sustainability award from the University of Parma. So we are a Davenist salon. Um, they work directly as a third party with the University of Parma. It was almost like going for a B Corp certification. There was so much paperwork involved. Uh, we got a 98 out of 100 on the sustainability score. And the oddity was the only reason we didn't get 100 was because we don't have a dishwasher. So one question worth two points was, is your dishwasher sustainable or Energy Star rated? Well, we don't have one. So they, the university wouldn't credit us for not having one. So it zeroed out. So we got almost a perfect score. Uh, we do a lot of work with Sustain Beauty Co with disposable towels and disposable gowns and things that are compostable. There are options in the industry to make the industry better for the planet. You just gotta, you have to care about it. You need a staff that cares about it. Um, it's translated really well, not just to our staff, but to our clients, because their understanding of what our mission is and what we wanna do and that we are a model for it. Um, you know, we've, we opened that way. So the funny thing for us is that 
it wasn't something we decided to make the change. Right. We formatted around that. So uh, it's been really interesting. And, and, you know, when we did it, we never thought that we would wind up being someone that other salons would call and say, hey, I'm trying to do this. You know, what are your thoughts on it? So it's been pretty cool. That's awesome. I tried to incorporate those disposable towels at one point. And then there's the the weighing of, you know, buying something over and over again and throwing it away versus how much water detergent, the environmental effects of all that stuff. So it's always like this, which way do we go? I was in California probably 10 years ago at a class and we were working on doll heads. And when we finished, they made sure that we put any leftover product in the trash can versus down the sink. Do you do that at your salon? Because I never even thought about that. All the chemicals that are going down that sink into our water supply that are, you know, pretty. Yeah, well, we're, chemicals. you know, we're, we're a green circle salon. We do a lot of work with green circle that helps to, you know, I mean, one thing, obviously hair and color waste hair is an interesting one because hair has so much nitrogen in it. So um, hair can throw off a compost bin if you're not having a good, you know, composting is about a good mix, right? That's sort of the balancing of what composting is supposed to do. So um, they're able to capture hair, they're able to capture um, unused hair color. Uh, funny enough about that is that's a separate problem if you're getting so much color waste. Um, I was gonna friendly. say, the, ul the ultimate is to not have anything going down the drain. Yeah. But if there is product, do you recommend that they throw it into the trash versus down the sink? Well, we actually have a bin that Green Circle takes back um, that takes all the unused color. Um, lightener becomes an issue too sometimes because you don't want to not have enough. It's that the timing when you're lightening someone is a little different than a single process. If you had to go back and mix a little more of the color, not as big of a deal. When you have to whip up some lightener, that becomes a little bit of a timing issue. Um, we, we are friendly with Vish. We do use Vish in our salon. We do I too. think if someone wanted to do that hybrid of being smart in terms of your money and being smart in terms of the environment, the combination of those two, you sort of get the best of both worlds. Um, what's funny with the sustainable towels is that, you know, we're in an assistant crisis in New Jersey at this point. Uh, one of the things that we worked on outside of Beauty Business Reset and all the other fun projects we do while we're, while we're not making any money while we're closed, <laughs> um, we did a lot with the state of New Jersey. So we helped to start something called the New Jersey Salon and Spa Alliance. Uh, we dealt directly with our state assembly, with our state senators. Uh, we were able to use the attorneys through our New Jersey Business and Industry Association. And we were able to get three bills passed. Uh, one of them was um, anyone that had a 600 hour permit, which is halfway in New Jersey, you're allowed to actually work in a salon at that point. Nice. All of those younger people that got those licenses or got those permits, they were all expired. And there was no way to renew them because they're a one-time permit. We got those indefinitely scheduled out farther. You know, listen, you're under all these pandemic rules, whatever state you're in, the last mm -hmm. thing you wanna do is hire an employee that's not licensed and then have the state come in and we have enough to worry about. So we got that right. pushed through. Uh, we had 4,000 beauty school graduates that could not take the practical exam because there was no such thing. Mm -hmm. uh, we got them to pass a 30 hour attestation where they could work with the licensed cosmetologist and they could sign off on those practical hours. Um, so that they could actually get their license, which is great. And then the same thing with teachers, there's a shortage of people teaching in the beauty schools. So we're able to get a halfway permit for them to where once they start and they finish their teaching, that lull between when they can actually take the exam and pass, they can actually go and teach with the hopes that they pass the exam. 
Um, so we were able to do a couple of, of really awesome things like that that would have never happened and, and never come across our desk, I don't think, if it wasn't for That's the That's amazing. I love that because I agree with you that getting quality assistance, my son just graduated from college and he um, majored in entrepreneurship and I keep begging him to start a business helping assistants connect with salons. I feel like that has been needed for a really long time. Um, I know there's a lot of uh, what ifs involved with doing it every time I talk to him about it, but I'm, I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, that is the biggest, I had my salon, I ran my salon by myself for 30 years and my biggest issue was when an assistant called out, we were all running around like chickens yeah. with no heads. And but that's the disposable towel thing. And that's, so that's where we think differently in things that we do that are sustainable. I don't have to train a disposable towel, right? I don't have to do, I don't have to pay taxes and payroll taxes on a disposable towel. Not to say that I wouldn't hire an assistant. Uh, we, we would hire as many as we could get. But what's, what had happened to us during the pandemic is we're doing laundry like once a week now. So we're using compostable capes, we're using disposable towels that are also compostable. Um, it's just been such an interesting thing for us that even the assistant that we've hired during COVID, I don't have to have her on laundry detail all day. She could be active in the salon and the cost factor is the same thing. So that was my next factors. question and, and availability. When I was looking into it, they were only available from Australia and the shipping was insane. Yeah. So are they in the US now, the disposable they, towels? They are. So Sustain Beauty Co. Um, that's they do eco heads, they do the ping mixer, um, they do scrummy towels, and they do the disposable capes. Um, what I love about um, Val and Paul from Sustain Beauty Co. is that they're always looking for what the next thing is going to be to make your salon more sustainable. You know, and that's that's what it is. It's not. Remember, things are going to change. Like you said, paper, not foil, and there were uh, bio lights, and there were all sorts of options in terms of foiling, but if you're not watching what the next thing is, and stylists don't like to change. They don't like to do anything different. So you need to make sure that it's gonna help them technically either be faster, or have those highlights come out better. There's gotta be some hook for them from a technical standpoint that's gonna make them adopt it. Um, but you also wanna make sure that you're not, listen, you don't wanna waste the money just throwing things in the garbage anyway. Um, but you just have to watch. The, the gloves, the vinyl gloves are probably the worst thing in the world. Um, I agree. And yeah. and the price post COVID. Oh my gosh. I went to the beauty supply and I'm like, Oh, I could use the box of gloves, put them on the thing. I get my bill. I'm like, what the heck? I go, go down each thing. And the gloves were like $20 for one box of gloves. I was like, I remember when I was pissed when they were $7.99. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. And you know, we, um, you know, we're in a higher price point area for what we do. So our staff likes the black gloves that are a little bit more expensive and a little fancier, mm -hmm. but you know, when they go from $10 to $25, I mean, you talk about sustainability, right? It doesn't matter what you want to do for the planet. It's sustaining your business. That makes a big difference in that margin. And that's really what's happening. You're seeing now post COVID, right? The COVID aftermath salons that didn't raise their prices, but added some type of PPE fee. Um, you know, now they're questioning, well, now that masks are no longer going to be required, do I have to get rid of the fee? Um, there's just so many things that they need to be talked about. And that's why our group on Facebook, the Beauty Business Reset, and having people like you that are friends with us, it's just the conversation. They may not solve and troubleshoot all of your issues, but when you have 10,000 other owners that are there that can say, hey, we did this and it worked great, or hey, we did this and it worked horrible. Like, I want both sides of it. I want to be able to make sound decisions on it and having people that 
you know, this industry is founded on teamwork and camaraderie. And I don't know what happened pre-COVID that turns it into competitive and, and mm-hmm. petty sometimes. Um, it's funny, knowing so many people that we've had on the show, what everyone doesn't realize is we all text back and forth. So I've never had this many famous friends before that <laughs> now they ask me, uh, now I'm getting asked questions that I can't believe that, that you know, if I said a name, you would say, I'm like, not, there's no such thing as a stupid question, but now I'm also becoming someone that helps to troubleshoot for, for some of these people that I would have never thought needed my help. So it's been a real blessing to be able to get it from from both sides. And I'm, I'm definitely excited that it seems like we're more than on the back nine of this whole COVID nonsense. Absolutely. And I love I love that you took that time to make changes in the, the higher level where the government gets involved, because there's so many things that don't make sense in 2021 in our industry for the true learning and the true things that someone needs to know to be behind the chair. There's such a huge disconnect. It's something I'm so passionate about, and I know I'm not alone. So I hope that you know the people you're referring to that I know that you're in contact with, I hope that we can all get together and make many, many changes for the future of our industry because for me, it has been the best thing I ever did was get into this industry. I can't imagine being in any other industry and and I'm happy that you got into a funk and, and ended up accidentally in our industry. And I think you'll agree how how fun and, and awesome it is and how many great connections that you can make. And it's so different from that stale corporate environment and that's what makes it so amazing. So well, you're amazing. As a, non, as a non-believer, I, I laugh because part of me wants to make another appointment with Hector and get my up, get my tenure update. You're going to be a and, believer soon. And the other, <laughs> the other part of me is now afraid because he might tell me my leg's going to fall off or something crazy. Nah, so they never tell you anything bad. Yeah, Even probably. if they see it, they they skirt around it a little bit because they want you to come back. <laughs> yeah, right. No, but it's been great. Listen, it's um, I think there's we're finding out that there's certain absolutes in the industry that were overlooked. Education is an absolute. If you don't continue learning, you're not going to be as engaged in the business that you love so much. You're not going to have um, not even the newest techniques, but a better way sometimes to get from point A to point B. Um, There's so many cool things that that you can get out of that. So that should be a definite. And having great people like you that are doing education and having, uh, I, I always say casual conversation, but important and casual can go together in the same sentence, um, just to get people thinking. And that's what, even on the sustainability aspect of it is, it's just to get the gears turning so that you can come up with a plan. What are you going to do next? And that's really what I'm looking the most forward to is that with, uh, we dealt so much in pandemic and acronyms for crazy loans and uh, masks wearing and all kinds of other stuff is, I'm, I'm done with it. Let's, what's, what's gonna be next? What are we gonna do to keep the industry cohesively connected and and for the betterment overall. So perfect segue into keeping connected. Share with people listening how they can get involved and join the Beauty Business Reset. How can they find you if they want to reach out to you about the towels or sustainability or any of the things we talked about? Yeah, I mean, uh, Beauty Business Reset, um, right now, salon owners only. So unfortunately, stylists, uh, we do do our calls and we'll do them through Zoom and on Facebook Live. But Um, The group itself is private so that owners can have conversations that maybe they only want other owners to hear. No no disrespect to people that are sweet owners and things, but um, there are groups for you too. We just, not ours. Um, 
you can find the salon movement um instagram is great at salon movement um you can find us at the salon movement.com um or even now clubhouse we've been doing a lot more i know clubhouse is sort of this weird new phenomenon um of a little bit crazy i don't know where it'll be six months from now i'm not making any judgments on it um, but what's nice too is that it sort of gives you the flexibility of a podcast uh, without having to be on video the whole time and things like that so i would say anybody that's on it's worth checking out for now um, there's been some great topics you get a little more close contact to um, with some of my good friends you know gordon miller from Herodrain and anthony whitaker from grow my salon and wind play bow and um, we've had it's it's been weird because it's instead of calling each other on the phone we've sort of all been on weird clubhouses where it's like we're catching up on clubhouse with other people <laughs> eavesdropping um, but but it's a lot of fun but yeah definitely check us out on that um, our we are working on getting the past videos up on YouTube um, so that people can go back and they can they can watch them we just had Tom Harris we're doing a lot of training talk this round so Tom Harris was on who's a uh, Paul Mitchell, Master Associate. We have Anthony Whitaker on next week. I have Stephen Moody on the week after that. So we're trying to bring content that you can actually take information back and make sound informed decisions on what your ne next direction will be. I need you to, to put a bug in Stephen Moody's ear. I'm working on getting him for the second revival in October. Um, he, he's playing a little hard to get, so you need to you need to put a word in for me. I'm meeting with I'll, him in July for. A I'll give. I'll, I'll put it. I'll put in some some good words for you. It's so funny because with the Vidal call, which if anybody's on, uh, we're gonna rebroadcast it outside of the private group through Interquafior and some of the other nice. salon groups because it was so much fun. Um, but I spent so much time on the phone that month before between Elon Sassoon and Eden Sassoon and Stephen Moody and. Uh, Philip Wilson doesn't count because Philip and I are really good friends, so we we chat all the time anyway. But to get some of the stories from Maurice Tidy, uh, Maurice Tidy created the graduated Bob, like he was Vidal's. Oh, okay, very that was first a name assistant. I didn't recognize when you said yeah. that earlier. He was Vidal's first assistant out in London. Um, he he basically created the graduated Bob, which um, you know, how many times have you done a graduated Bob That's in your salons, right? Um, and Fernando Romero, um, you know, he went on. He worked very closely with Vidal. Fernando went on to create Bioionic, um, which he sold, and he has a product line called Agave, which is out in the universe. Um, but these are like classic, real deal haircutters that work directly with Fidel, traveled the world with Fidel, and so many awesome, fantastic stories um, that we're going to hope to bring some of that information to you guys because I can't believe that I didn't know some of the stories. And some of them are fun and some of them are interesting. And, Trust me, uh, more than a few Denman brushes being thrown across the room <laughs> at, a, at different times of frustration. But, um, but we're hoping to be able to, to tell some of those stories because I think it's important to go back and know your hair history. Um, I think that would really be a, a bright light for some of you out there that say, I know why I got in the business, but to hear the same types of stories from other people that are storied veterans, um, it's super cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for this time. I loved having you and um, thank you everybody for listening. Make sure you reach out to James and connect if you're a salon owner on the BBR um, or reach out to him about all the things that we talked about today. So awesome. Thanks so thanks much. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Please subscribe and be sure to leave a review. For more information on hair color education, 
please visit my website, www.expertcolorsolutions.com. See you soon.